Welcome to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. In the inaugural episode of Brownstein's What's Next Nevada podcast series, Brownstein shareholders Mitch Langberg, Frank Flansberg, and Rebecca Miltenberger discuss how the COVID-19 crisis has triggered contract issues such as force majeure clauses and other challenges to performance, how that has impacted business over the last several months, and what happens if contracting parties can't reach agreement in dealing with these issues. Hello, and welcome to Brownstein's What's Next Nevada podcast series devoted to the legal, political, and business issues that leaders in our community will be facing in the weeks and months to come as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Assisting local leaders with navigating the business landscape in Nevada, Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, Shrek attorneys and policy advisors look ahead to how businesses will reopen and operate in this complex new environment. My name is Mitch Langberg. I'm a litigation partner at Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, Shrek. Today, in our inaugural episode, we have assembled a business reopening task force made up of attorneys and policy advisors throughout the firm who are prepared to assist businesses with the many issues they will be facing as they look towards reopening and getting back to normal. For today's episode, I'm joined by two of my partners, Frank Flansberg and Rebecca Miltenberger, who I'll ask to introduce themselves. Thank you, Mitch. I'm a business and commercial trial attorney and litigator born in the Las Vegas legal community and serve as a shareholder and partner at Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek. Thanks, Mitch. I am a commercial real estate shareholder in the Las Vegas office of Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek and work with several of our large uh, commercial clients throughout the state on real estate issues ranging from leases and purchase agreements to workouts like we'll be talking about today. Thanks, guys. So let's get right to some of the legal issues that businesses in our community are already facing and are going to continue to face in in the time looking forward. Frank, for a lot of lawyers, the last time they focused on terms like force majeure, frustration of purpose, and impossibility was when they were studying for the bar exam. Now, lawyers and business leaders alike are starting to see these issues pop up uh, more and more frequently. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Certainly. What was often referred to as an act of God defense that could be used to excuse the performance of certain contractual obligations really grew in common law during times of crisis, war, natural disaster, and similar occurrences. And modern contracting parties typically uh, engaged in contract clauses to deal with such events, such as the force majeure event uh, that's usually contained in the miscellaneous terms of a contract where lawyers spent very little time typically uh, reviewing what those terms meant. But in a time of crisis such as this, Uh, we now turn to those clauses to determine what obligations may be excused and continue to be enforced, notwithstanding what might be the global and public crisis. And as those terms have evolved, uh, the law has dealt with them pretty jealously, meaning that 
the law has reviewed those contractual provisions very closely to determine exactly what the parties agreed at the time of contracting would constitute as an excuse to a contractual obligation so that sophisticated contracting parties would identify who bore the risk with respect to certain events. And in a time like this, where we have a global pandemic, one might be quick to say, well, it's a time of crisis, it's an act of God, and contractual obligations can generally be excused or prevented. But as is often the case with uh, contracts, things aren't always that simple. In fact, historically, courts have looked to the specific language to which the parties agreed, and if it wasn't specifically identified by the parties and contemplated at the time of contracting, it would not provide an excuse to performance. And so the parties, as you review existing contracts and obligations, need to spend a lot of time looking at that language to see what obligations could be excused and what performance may be prevented by a force majeure event, even in a crisis such as this, where we all agree that a global pandemic exists. So, Rebecca, we've heard about these kinds of clauses and contracts. Frank's explained kind of how they developed. And now we're facing a time where this global crisis has put people in a position where they have to look at their contracts and figure out how unexpected events that prevent them from or make it more difficult to perform are going to impact their relationships. For you, as a real estate lawyer, working with some of the largest businesses in town, are these topics that are already impacting what people in the C-suites are dealing with? Yes, we have been dealing with these issues since um, parts of the country started shutting down in March. As you know, there's uh, in Las Vegas in particular, there are a lot of companies that deal with um, vendors and service providers and clients from all over the country. So we've been talking about this for a few months now. And these issues are going to continue to grow as the companies figure out how they are going to reopen and how what the new normal is going to look like. We've been seeing these contractual issues in everything from service agreements to leases to loans, purchase agreements, and even development agreements. And our clients are trying to understand what the force majeure clause will allow them to either enforce or exclude from their contracts, depending on uh, which side of the deal they are on. And one of the biggest challenges that we are facing is how force majeure interacts with Directive 8 that Governor Sisolak put in place at the end of March. And Directive 8 puts a prohibition on foreclosures and evictions in the state of Nevada until the state of emergency is lifted. And given that we do not know when that state of emergency will be lifted, we are struggling to work with clients to understand how this is going to impact their business in the long run. So we are working with our clients to come up with as many creative solutions as possible um, to determine how they can create a mutual agreement with uh, either their tenants or their lenders or borrowers. And um, these different solutions will depend on whether we are working with landlords, tenants, or borrowers, and how they their relationship with the other party. 
Additionally, um, we're seeing requests for extensions of time for purchase agreements and development agreements as developers and purchasers are unable to access properties in many instances and complete necessary work to move forward with the next phase of their project. Most of our clients are very hopeful that they will be able to reach mutual resolution on all of these issues with the other parties um, and find a solution that will work for everybody. So Rebecca, it's interesting as you explain it, whether whether it's clients dealing with real estate contracts or a business dealing with a vendor um, or the countless different contracts that any business in our community has, the same business could be on opposite sides of trying to apply these things uh, depending on which of their contracts they're dealing with. Isn't that right? That's correct. And that, that is one of the biggest challenges that we're facing right now um, is how these clauses are going to be applied uh, consistently and how they're going to be enforced against the different parties. So it really is looking at the individual situation for the client and the outcome that they are trying to achieve, along with the specific language in the contract, like Frank referenced force majeure clauses, while they have a general consensus that they excuse obligations caused by acts of God and certain other actions. They also will include, some of them are very specific and will include very specific carve outs and some of them are very general. So it's really taking the time to work through those particular clauses with the client, as well as understanding the client's ultimate outcome. Many times the client wants to work with their business partner on the other side and find a way to resolve this mutually. And that's one of the ways that we can help our clients is coming up with these creative solutions on how to apply force majeure to their specific case. So Frank, after listening to Rebecca, we're, we can be hopeful that every business is going to be able to work with people they have contracts with to come up to some fair situation so that nobody gets caught holding the entire bag themselves. But I imagine that there's going to be times where amicable resolutions just can't be found. So what do businesses need to know about their rights and obligations in order to figure out whether litigation is going to be a feasible or necessary course of action? The best thing for businesses is to be able to make the most reasonable commercial decision they can as a resolution to perhaps avoid litigation. Assuming that's perhaps not in the cards and we have a situation that simply can't be resolved by reasonable people exercising their best judgment, then we need to turn to the contract. We need to turn to the contractual language. As Rebecca suggested, some contractual terms in a force majeure provision may be very specific. Others may be very general. And if it's very general, how are the generalities going to be interpreted? And in reviewing clauses like that, one needs to not just look at the express language, but also the inferences to be drawn from the language of how those terms may be interpreted. We obviously need to also consider what's in dispute, whether the contractual agreements at issue call for an award of attorney's fees in the event that uh, a party prevails. Um, and, and then we also need to also be mindful of the environment. When is this issue going to be litigated? Is this something of an urgent uh, nature that needs to be litigated right now where you could expect to be in court very quickly? In, in such a case, you might want to consider the environment of the world and how 
judges and, and courts would view contractual clauses during the pandemic in the throes of 24-hour news and, and uncertainty. Or, uh, as we will all hopefully have this pandemic in our rearview mirror, that we're now looking at it with some sober distance uh, that we can apply the term perhaps a little bit more rationally. So those are some things we need to take into consideration just beyond the contractual language is the environment in which these items are going to be litigated immediately or in the future with hopefully some uh, sober wisdom behind us. So what I think we've learned today is that business leaders are going to be facing issues in their contractual relationships that they never have before. And listening to you, Frank, and you, Rebecca, there are opportunities to work these things out, and there are remedies, um, if they can't be worked out, that are all very fact and legal specific, but certainly something new for business leaders to have on their radar uh, going forward. So that is going to be it for our inaugural episode. Please check back and watch for the next episode where we will help prepare business leaders for what's coming, what's next, Nevada. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Brownstein High at Farbershreck podcast series. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Visit bhfs.com for more information.